community of members, coaches, and professionals working as a team of like-minded individuals in constant pursuit. Connecting this exclusive group with the tools and resources they require to live a high-performance lifestyle, conquering what life has thrown at them. This is The Fit Life. All right, welcome to Living the Fit Life podcast. This is episode three. This is our first episode uh, we're recording after launching, which is uh, very exciting. Thank you all who have listened in. Great feedback. Uh, overwhelmingly uh, lots of listeners, which is fantastic. And I hope that you've enjoyed the stories. This week, we're traveling on to part three, the middle years uh, or the performance phase. Again, like previous episodes, um, we're going to break it down to the four pillars, fitness, nutrition, recovery, and the X factor. And as usual, I'm joined by Michelle and Adam DeJean, and I am Chad Mueller. Um, so uh, getting to the middle years. So we went from or so part two, we were in the athletic performance and fitness, and then you sort of sort of started leveling up in other areas, which I think kind of takes us to part three, the middle years. So maybe we just start there by painting a picture of sort of where we're at in the fitness area, and then we'll jump into our other sort of pillars. Awesome. Fitness. Fitness. <laughs> Finally, uh, I would say at this point, um, on a mission to get better, you know, in the, my new sport wasn't about, you know, being a kid anymore and playing hockey or playing other sports. It was about finding this kind of like weekend warrior sport, which was at the time, Olympic lifting competitions or CrossFit competitions. And uh, I was training hard to, to get better. And I had a lot of areas to focus on. I had some things I was really good at naturally from all the training growing up. And then I had some things that I was like terribly weak at. So um, it was really a block of time where I was trying to focus super hard on improving my weaknesses. What were my weaknesses? Uh, gym, <laughs> gym, gymnastics was, I was learning how to hold myself on my hands. I was learning what a pull up and a muscle up look like at high speeds. I was learning uh, how to finally stretch for the first time in my life. You don't know hockey players don't think stretching is very cool. Um, yeah, and and I, my training, I was doing the LP workouts Monday to Friday. We started this little competitive group on Saturday mornings at that point, and we were going in to do some of the bonus work and extra stuff. Every day after class, my main focus was just on stretching and mobility, trying to stay healthy um, and trying to improve my flexibility, straightening my arms overhead for all you members who still make fun of me for that was, was challenging then less challenging now, but very challenging then. And, uh, yeah, I was just learning so much about these new, uh, elements of training that I'd never done before. It's pretty cool. I definitely remember the lack of handstand skills that's for sure <laughs> yeah like i i went to kick up against the wall and like ain't happening. didn't know how to press against the floor and like end up landing on my head the first three or four or five or ten times i think maybe the first few tries were in a hotel room and oh yeah potentially uh we had some curtains down but <laughs> <laughs> hole, hole in the wall no <laughs> yeah side note side note Okay, cool. Me. Um, I would say, so coming off sort of that stress phase that we called it, uh, I finally gave myself 
permission to set some goals um, and focus a little bit more on um, myself, um, trying to motivate others by what I did, um, and really enjoying that process. So I loved uh, pushing myself in various um, different exercises. Specifically for me, strength was one of my favorites. So getting better at back squats, um, deadlifts, I loved dabbling into and learning um, the Olympic lifting side of things. Uh, that was really fun. Um, but just really was the first time that I measured where I was at, set some goals, tracked weekly on all of my uh, lifts and my extra work, um, and just allowed myself to sort of work out for me. So it was a good start into sort of fitnessing again and having like my own my own sport again, which was yeah. which was cool. You've yeah. been pretty banged up for a few years, and this was a chance to yeah get healthy and train. I would say definitely not as diligent as Adam in terms of extra work. Um, at that point, at just, that point for sure. Uh, maybe just because I needed it. <laughs> more uh, areas of weakness yeah uh, no well uh, yeah I didn't really focus on any weaknesses I'd rather push forward with the things I was good at mm -hmm, yeah. um, so definitely during this phase a definite downfall for me would be just hunkering down on the things I enjoyed cool mm -hmm. cool um, and to paint a picture uh, for some of the people that were there at the time versus now there was very much like this idea of like uh, strength and this LP lift component versus LP fit where there's sort of two different tracks. And I remember like the sheets of like, you know, today you're lifting 92.5% of your max yeah, and 88% yeah, yeah, yeah. and all this sort of stuff. And you were sort of touching upon the strength component, but then you all stuck with the skills. But like from the strength point of view and even the skills, like what triggered you guys to kind of go that route? Like what you went from athletic performance, hockey generally based, but then you kind of morphed and sort of started leveling up in this Olympic lifting world. Yeah. Skills, gymnastics, things, similar things that you're using CrossFit. So what made you guys sort of get into that? I'd done a couple competitions. Um, I think at this point it was CrossFit open style competitions. Maybe one in-person competition. And I realized like, oh, I'm really good with my conditioning and I'm pretty good with like my basic strength work. Like you know, deadlifts, squats, that kind of stuff. But I was relatively weak in the Olympic lifts. So then at that point, we were like, well, we need help. So we found an amazing resource that we still use today, which was Canama HP, which uh, we met Hanny Canama, who's this like legend of, of weightlifting in Canada, at least coached some of, you know, Canada's best weightlifters. And essentially he, he allowed us to believe and, and we, we still believe this is that every person, you know, should be doing Olympic lifting because it's a real, it's a real testament of how healthy your body is and how well it's moving. You know, if you can do a full clean and jerk and you can do a full snatch, your body is extremely healthy and it's moving well. And you know, you're, a, you're, you're a healthy probably pain-free person. So that's kind of what triggered us to be like, wow, we need to get more Olympic lifting in our programming 
because it's going to be a way for us to help our clients get healthier and get stronger. But not everyone's goals necessarily are the same. A lot of our members at that point and still today are coming to the gym because they want to feel good, right? They want to come to the gym because it's the, you know, an hour where they get to sweat, relieve some stress and leave feeling way better than they came. And the challenge of weightlifting, you know, three times a week at X percentage with X sets and reps. It's a and, lot of skill yeah. Yeah. in order to yeah. master it. Master it. Make it the workout. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Feel right. good about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, well, I got to take 15 steps just to do a full snatch. And do I really want to do that? No. I just want to come to the gym and sweat and mm. feel way better leaving than when I came. So that was a, that was, you know, amazing because we learned so much about our bodies. Hanny helped Michelle with her injury. He helped me with my overhead mobility. He gave us all these amazing tools that, you know, like self care that we could start to work on. And, and in turn also helped the members work on some of their limitations, aches and pains. But we realized quickly, we don't need to do Olympic lifting three times a week in class per se. But I think it was, was it Jay? Was Katie with Jay too? I remember that you guys had a conversation in our office and he brought it up about the Olympic lifting and whether it was necessary. Right. And kudos to him for like coming to us with some feedback because it just kind of got us thinking in terms of like, does this really truly make sense? And then from then on, we sort of figured it out. Right. We split lift and fit right and that was like the people who do enjoy the olympic lifts and they want to come on strength days and do it great those who don't we're going to make an amazing workout for you that doesn't include so we are having a class run essentially simultaneously with some lifters on a strength day and then with a fit class which was still strength focused but a little bit more like high intensity focused so it was a combo of both which we did for a couple of years Yeah. At least over a year. Yeah. But, but I mean, that, that was obviously, uh, once the story of plans plays out and you listen to all the podcasts, but that's an essential part of like yeah. where we are today. That's right. For sure. And we still do yeah. those exercises, maybe right. not to the degree that right. we once did. Right. But like mm-hmm. super essential to like your overall fitness. Yes. hundred. Right. Yeah. Right. To so, yeah. never include them again in our workouts. We knew that wasn't an option, what needed right. to happen or an option. It was just, hey, let's get them in because everyone does love them. Yeah. It's always fun to do a clean and jerk. It's always fun to do a snatch, but we don't need to, you know, get down to the nitty gritty and learn every single position and perfect every single. We can do that in bonus work after class for those who want to do it. Right. Right. And that's kind of where it's evolved to today. Cool. But it was cool to go through that phase and realize what's important. Cool. And would you say similarly to the opposite side of things which was like the skill side of things was it again just another like we need to do this because it just promotes overall fitness to be able to walk on your hands or use body weight type gymnastic type stuff like was it the similar sort of story i don't think so yeah i feel like it was more for fun like crossfit was becoming a thing yeah, yeah like and for me it was um this sort of competing it was like i get to compete mm. again like i i loved that feeling and learning those skills enabled me to be a better competitor mm-hmm. um 
So I feel like it was more for fun, but you're like, more the... Maybe unpack that bit, because, I mean, obviously you guys were both very competitive from, like, hockey. Um, and so what was the time difference between, like, hockey and then you found this idea that you can compete in fitness, right. CrossFit? Yeah. So yeah. the first fall we went to that mind-body conference, that was the first time you and Matt did that open workout. That's right. Remember that video? I've seen videos. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So there's that video. That's so the, That's the first time. Okay. So okay. most of our longtime members will remember Coach Brody. So Coach Brody shows me, you know, like at that time, Rich Froning. Right. And he shows me all this stuff he's doing. And I'm like, man, this is pretty cool. Like, and then, you know, within two months of that, the CrossFit Open was happening. Right. So I'm like, I'm doing this. Yeah. This is going to be fun. And man, what an eye opener. Like, (laughs) and that was, you know, in, I finished, I placed well, like I finished 100th in Canada East at the time. But I would have like three workouts. There's five workouts. Three of them are in the top 100, and two of them are like over a thousand. Right. So it was like boom, like this. There, yeah. boom. There's my weaknesses, and that was like exploited, right? Right. And we kind of just had this joy of like we don't like being bad at things, right. especially in the fitness world. So it was like, oh, these are what these people are doing. Well. You can do it too. We want to do that. Yeah, right, right. Like we wanted to be able to, with the base of fitness, be able to sort of conquer whatever fitness threw at us. Yeah, that was the point. Totally. Yeah. Cool. Cool. And it was a new challenge. Yeah. Yeah, like Michelle said, that's 100% it. You don't want someone else to do something better than you. Mm-hmm. So we put the time in and we yeah, got better and better. It's interesting looking back at this part of the journey because, like, a lot of this is really inspired, like, what you see today yes in your fitness life yes. and also what the product is at the gym that's right very much that's right yeah yeah we say that more and more like our members are definitely a product of who we are and what we are striving towards and as we go you know start to get into the crossfit world then we start to see more people also take interest in that and then the same thing now in the endurance world and so yeah pretty cool 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 um yeah all right so i want to move on to nutrition i know uh michelle as usual has a lot to say about nutrition (laughs) and i know this was a big part of like the time so i'll uh let you sort of get us started into the nutrition part of this part of your life your journey yeah um i i I don't really truly remember the cue cue chad i feel like you brought RP up to me. I think we had early conversations about RP for sure. Absolutely. So for me, we talked about uh, the competition and getting better. And I always knew, and nutrition was sort of one of my passions, that it was an important part of me getting better. Yeah. Um, So I was looking at sort of performance nutrition and how that could play a factor in um, my my success. So, um, Chad, the big influencer. <laughs> uh, I was looking at this company called uh, RP, and they are a macro-focused uh, coaching. Now they do a lot of uh, templates, uh, templates as well, so you don't necessarily need a one-on-one coach. Um, 
but I followed a three month program with a coach where it was very, very, um, macro, which, um, for anyone that doesn't know is protein, carbs, and fat. So it was broken down into, um, those three particular items and how much I should be consuming in a day, um, how much I could, should be consuming at one time, um, how much I should be consuming around my workout. So it was very, um, specific to my performance. Um, and performance too was based on your body composition. Like at the time, it was a big focus for me to be in the best body composition I could in order to be lighter on the bar, um, and then have a good balance of, of strength. Um, so I followed the RP program for three months with a coach and then, um, pretty much I would say stuck with a macro program for about two years, mm -hmm. two years. Um, just so you guys kind of get an idea of what like a typical, uh, day would look like on my plan. So on a workout day, I would have seven meals um, within a cut period I would have total 100 grams of protein 30 grams of fat and um, 100 grams of carb on a workout day and mostly carbs were split around my workout time um, and fats and veggies were sort of split uh, on the other meals and then definitely the the focus was on sort of that workout window and making sure that I was fueled for that specific workout um, so that I could perform perform the best that day. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there was seven meals. Uh, it was very, very strict in terms of timing. Uh, during sort of a cut phase, it was pretty much... Um, she was eating two ounces, two ounces of protein... At yeah, so you break that the 90 grams. Yeah, so it was like literally a golf ball size of protein. Yeah, she was eating a, like a turkey uh, burger that was the size of a golf ball <laughs> seven times. Not, not the same, but yeah. A chicken breast that was, it fit in a, yeah. But yeah, like their program is very much like what I understood from that and what I learned from it was like they focus a lot on the performance of your like your workout window mm -hmm. and they also traded off like rest days versus like mm -hmm. full days and like because before that, you probably had the knowledge of like all of it, but the knowledge that I thought brought specifically to the RP was like how important that they made workout based nutrition, yeah. Yeah. the nighttime snack, the nighttime and then snack. the recovery yeah. day was yeah. completely different from their actual. Yeah, so, so like, recovery days were focused. zero carbs. Yeah. So like I got nothing on a cut, like on a on a cut on a base plan. I got a little bit, still but still minimal and very very workout performance focused, uh, for sure. For sure. Definitely, um, very successful in terms of overall body composition. Um, definitely the lowest body fat percentage I pretty much was ever, was ever at. So there, there was something said about that type of program, depending on, um, someone's goals and sort of where they're at in their, uh, life cycle. Looking back on it, um, with all those positive, I mean, you don't do that now, 
Don't do it now. But you, the basis of that learning, you've taken it and you've morphed your sort of understanding of nutrition to... Yeah, so this was like intense. So every Sunday I would spend f- four hours prepping yeah. prepping all of the food. I prepped my all seven meals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was it was a lot. It's hard to make um, dinner when it's two ounces. So you have to do it at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> two ounces in a, a green pepper. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so I spent all day Sunday um, prepping. The cool part is you don't have to spend the time during the week. Sure. Um, so there is that trade-off. Um, okay, you distracting me. Sorry. <laughs> no, but well, I, think he, I think he also has a lot to say about meal prepping too. Yeah, yeah, because the four hours in the kitchen was pretty much me during this time. That's right. Uh, for no, sure. No, like we've taken the best of, of what we've yeah, done from that Yeah, and once phase. we get into... Right. I have a lot to talk about Absolutely. in terms of like what I've pulled out and how I feel about that in general. Um, but it is very demanding in terms of prep. It's very demanding in terms of lifestyle and very demanding in terms of uh, mental state mindset. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. not, not an easy stage. Right. I, I guess what I'm getting to is like, I, I'm seeing a pattern where like, this is very much like you guys are leveling up your, like your expertise, like you're learning a lot. And this was obviously part of it, whether it was like, Positive or negative, or, but you learned a ton of information. A ton. Yes. To how, yeah. Like the other yeah. sort of things you've I'm not about. doing it right now, but I right. wouldn't. I'm definitely glad that I went through it. Yeah. Yeah. So, Adam, why weren't you doing it? <laughs> <laughs> I was still fighting the work hard, play hard mentality and uh, trying to out train, you know, a bad diet per se. I was doing like, you know, I would have. I would help meal, or I don't even know how to help, but I was there. He was angry, (laughs) let me tell you, every Sunday for two years. Right. Okay, So, but there's two phases of this. There's the first (laughs) phase where I didn't buy into the plan until you had done it for six or eight months. Yeah. Right? I wasn't buying it. I was still, you know, and and I have the shout out to Victoria Street Market because they had the best... (laughs) hot lunches going <laughs> and whatever is. yeah like the, I was trying to mess with <laughs> Michelle's plan but whatever they had on tap that day I was going to eat it for lunch yeah. right so that was that was and if I missed like that one o'clock cutoff time for when the hot lunch was gone I was rattled <laughs> but I feel like as we got going in this and right. as I started food right. prepping you kind of hopped right. in so I remember it was uh frozen four challenge of you know, that year oh, right. that I wasn't on your team, but I'm like, Michelle, I need to learn a little bit more about this. <laughs> and like in the eight week challenge or seven weeks, whatever it was, like I got incredible results because I was training so hard at that point and eating moderately bad, right? Like I was not dialed in on macros mm-hmm. at all. So then I flipped the switch and boom, like I got these awesome results. But even at that point, like my template said, like, yeah, he didn't follow the template I gave him. It's like, these are the meals. He had no fat in like three quarters of his meals. (laughs) Sorry, I'm yelling, (laughs) Chad. But it, it still gets me fired up because it's like, you have someone who can help you. And it was like, 
I was he but, wasn't. but wouldn't you say that this is actually like the things that like you commonly see like going to work out is one thing right, <laughs> right. but as you were painting a picture yeah. here that's not the only thing you have to buy right. into and buying into nutrition right. is probably one of the hardest things right. maybe recovery is harder yeah. but people have a hard time buying nutrition for yeah. an extended period of time so I mean it's not Mm. crazy to think that he didn't right away yes knowing he's a very fit dude and crushing at the gym he's a bit bit stubborn (laughs) that too (laughs) but i mean it's a common oh it's common it's the yeah yeah. nutrition is the everyone thinks it's a small factor and it is by far the largest factor and that's what i realized in this phase was that all of that great training i was doing I was only hitting like a percentage of the results that I could hit if I had just dialed in my nutrition. And did I ever get as dialed in as Michelle? No, maybe not. But enough, like, and when I say enough, I'm talking like I I had seven meals a day. I had four ounces at every meal. But if I felt like progies, I had progies. And if I didn't feel like putting avocado on my burger (laughs) that was four ounces... I can eat 10 ounces, no problem, by the way. You had six. I, did I, I have six. six? I had six when I did. Yeah. 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 No, still just nibbling away. on. <laughs> but the interesting thing about this phase and the performance phase is that when it takes so much time, like, to prep, you want to make it as efficient as possible. So for two years straight, we pretty much ate the same thing from Monday right. to Friday. Yeah. So this is the cool part when we transition sort of away from that um, into not doing that. And we'll talk about that a little bit. But uh, during this performance phase, it was very, very much the same source of food yeah. week yeah. in, week out. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, tons of great things we learned in terms of, you know, macros and timing of meals and mm-hmm workout nutrition performance nutrition how important food prep was like we didn't really do it before that's right before that that's right um Mm -hmm. scheduling that in so yeah cool awesome that's it for nutrition all right i think so um all right uh recovery we talked the last time um recovery wasn't really a thing um starting that you were um you were starting to dabble into a little bit um but i sense with the other two pillars um things have changed here for recovery during this phase yeah <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah so what what did you guys start doing what did you guys start sort of dabbling into from a recovery standpoint yeah just like you said just like nutrition and just like fitness it was a big learning phase so i tried to i'm trying to increase my mobility i'm trying to improve my lifts i'm trying to improve my gymnastics but the only way i can do that is if i can recover quickly from workouts and do the right stuff so i'm like on youtube every day learning um i don't know if i ever took any courses specifically but like tons and tons and tons of research i remember buying like you know every tool and every toy there was from lacrosse balls to um voodoo floss bands you guys saw this stuff at the gym (laughs) right in like all great stuff that i was using that stuff every single day just to try to speed up the process and like 
doing like joint distraction, stretching and like some pretty advanced stuff that most people should be taught how to do. Like <laughs> I was self-teaching and I had amazing results with it. Like I, I saw it significant at that point, like my ankles were still super stiff from being in a hockey skate my whole life. My shoulders were weak and, you know, achy and sore and tendonitis, like bicep tendonitis and wrist. I remember my wrists were so bad at like one point that I couldn't do push press or jerks for like a couple months straight, right? So this was like the eye opener. If I want to train hard, I have to recover harder, right? right? So I wasn't yet understanding the idea of like, preventative and I was just trying to figure out everything on my own and like just like take care of aches and pains instead of trying to prevent them from happening but I was using you know everything you could think of at that point I would say the first little prehab or proactive would be uh when we started Romwad a little bit yes mm. So Romwad was an online program uh, still out there that you could do either a 20 minutes or a 45 to a 60 minute sort of stretch routine. And for me, I liked it because it was set, it was forced. We tried to put it in our schedule and then we just did it. We followed along. So like I had a hard time sticking to like Adam would try to give me like some exercises to do. Um, but I liked ROM one cause it was sort of like, here it is, let's do it, schedule it, it. it's done. Mm-hmm. I just followed it instead of, I didn't really have to think about it. Um, yeah, I wasn't the best at doing any of those. Do you think, um, the change, the change in your, your training protocol led you to, uh, need to like start recovering a bit differently? Like, I mean. I'm not saying you did completely different things, but yeah. gymnastics and lifting is yeah. different. Yeah. Like, do you feel like that made you sort of start like, and you and you mentioned um, Hanny, mm-hmm. like that sort of start thinking like, okay, there's a there's definitely like fitness plus recovery and it's sort of very much tightly in, ingrained with this type of fitness. Yeah, like yeah. That. great point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think our bodies were so robotically tuned to you know, the athlete training world of step ups and lunges and squats and deadlifts and even power cleans. Um, But they weren't in tune to, you know, tons of pull ups or heavy. There was no such thing as a one rep max. When we were training for sports, it was always like, you know, four to eight reps of everything we did. So not that there's, you know, anything wrong with doing one to four reps, but you got to be, your body has to be healthy to do it um, properly and without injury. So that's what was going on is I was trying to, you know, take the mindset I had used for years, but then now apply it to all these new, you know, regiments and it was beating me up. Yeah. So that's exactly right. That's why I was forced into it. Unfortunately, I didn't know, enough in advance but I was learning I think there's like two aspects that you're talking about just recovering from the workouts but then also becoming more mobile or be becoming a better performer and these tools helped us do that so like it helped you with your ankles it helped you 
get deeper into a squat, catch, catch that clean lower, yeah. um, stabilize your shoulders, yeah. um, elbows in your That's your what jerk, I was like, doing it for. Right. Yeah. Right. So uh, two folds, I think one is to definitely recover as the workouts were getting a little bit more demanding, mm-hmm. especially on things we've never, we hadn't done before. So it was like new muscles, um, new wear and tear, and then for a performance factor too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Um, I guess I would also, in this area was kind of the start of our hot, cold therapy. Sweet. Yeah, which was, uh, for me, um, <laughs> pretty intense. <laughs> uh, Dave, Jen, Matt, and Lindsay would remember me, like, I could literally go in the a sauna and let's say Dave and Jen's sauna is pretty hot, but uh, for only a few minutes. Uh, oh. It was more like hyperventilating. I would get stressed out, overheating. Before you got there, you were planning on doing that for recovery, not necessarily for leisure. Yes. Like this was like, I, I know this is going to help me in some way. Right. So I'm going right. to... So this wasn't yeah. just like I'm on a, on a cottage vacation. I'm just going to jump to the sauna. This no, like no, no, no. Purposely. Purposely. <laughs> yes. Purposely. This is what you should be doing. Okay. And I think from like a stress relu- mm-hmm. relief as well. All the good things. All, all of the good things. Yeah. Um, and then the cold tub was even worse. Like <laughs> I couldn't even put my feet in for like, yeah, it was bad. Yeah. It was bad. I, we still laugh to this day because it like, that's one of my, you know, biggest uh, success, I would say. Yeah. A human being, <laughs> my hot cold recovery. Now she's like a yeah. guru and she's like all calm. The and cold, relaxed. the cold, she's a champ. The cold yeah, still is um, rough, but the song is pretty good. So, um, this was, I was not a very good at it at this point, but it was sort of our first little taste of what that felt to actually just like yeah, the benefits after. Yeah, how great we felt after. Take some time recover and uh good feeling afterwards that's cool for sure it, it, it's cool because like it sounds like like you guys were like dabbling into like there's the bronwa there's a hot cold there's the stretching there's the tools yeah. and, and i i think mm-hmm. a lot of our members today are dabbing into these different aspects that's of right. recovery like i i hot cold yeah you know, the benefit of doing that i've ron wanted before but like it's interesting how, like, I think I relate a lot to, like, the early stories you guys have because, like, it is hard tying it yeah. all together yeah. and then doing it consistently. Yeah. Um, but, like, I will say that for sure, like, I know the benefits. It yeah. doesn't necessarily, it's not, it doesn't make it easier to make it a priority. priority. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's about picking kind of what works for you. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Don't over- overload yourself with a whole bunch of recovery things. Just kind of streamline it. Right. Just no different than streamlining your fitness. Yeah. One hour a day. Right, find something that you enjoy. And but if someone could do it for 20 minutes a day, that would be... Gosh, right, yeah. Huge. I was going to yeah. say, like, one huge. hour a day, I, I still don't do. Right. Yeah, so... But yeah, and the other thing we were doing was finally getting therapists. Yes. You know, and even into the gym. This was when we brought our massage team in. This is when we were starting to go see Cairo's physios because we were dealing with the aches and pains and then we were reactively having to get treatments. Mm-hmm. Right. At this point, we weren't proactively doing that, but at least we were, you know, experiencing the benefits during sports. It was just kind of 
do it because you had to do it, but now it was finally doing it because we wanted to be better and keep us healthy and yeah. So combination of a few different, you know, lots of self-care and lots of learning and then tr finally trusting other experts even when it came to hot cold therapy, David and Jen, and, mm -hmm. you know, trusting these people, that's, I, I truly believe that's when Michelle, you know, reacts the way she did for the first few times. It's like, what is the benefit of this cold tub? You know, like this is unsafe. <laughs> this is not, yeah. <laughs> there's no benefit to this. I'm not doing this. Right. And then you feel the benefits. So you feel it. Right. And you go in there and you do your 60 seconds and ice is floating around you. And you're, you know, shaking and trying to stay calm and you get out and you just feel this, like you feel the blood. Yeah. It's crazy. The blood rushing. So you got to go, you got to believe in it and trust. Yeah. Um, and we finally started trusting the experts. Yeah. Cool. Massage was, uh, tough for me a little bit. Um, uh, definitely tried to get it in, uh, once a month at this time, mm -hmm. but like, uh, Sean can attest to this. I would drive to his office, and every time I was late. Right. Yes, he's in he's in Cambridge, and but yes, it was far. But that. I wouldn't make the time. It'd be like, okay, I'm going to work as close to my minute as possible, and then if there was any traffic, done. I was right. I was out. So like, I started to give myself permission a little bit to do these these things, but it was still. A chore and it was still something that I really truly didn't yeah prioritize prioritize the same, the same um, or as I should have at this point but you guys were also uh, these were proactive appointments this wasn't reactive right it wasn't because like it's kind of an injury combo both yeah okay. Yeah. yeah, maybe if we were hurt and we had an appointment, we would be on time. But if we were doing it proactively, then <laughs> be like, oh, I don't, I don't need it. I don't need the full hour. <laughs> no, but, but yeah, exactly. We knew we we knew we should do it, but we could, yeah didn't yeah, make the time to do it. Mm -hmm. Cool, cool, awesome. More about recovery next episode for sure. Yes. Um, <laughs> moving on to uh, the last pillar. Uh, your community, your X Factor. You've already mentioned a lot of different people that obviously seemed like they were new to your community. Um, but yeah, like what what was the state of that? Obviously, the gym was buzzing, a lot of good members, a lot of different programs. Like you've, you've, you've sort of introduced a lot of new things at this phase. Like how was the community reacting to it? What did it feel like at the time? Like, yeah, whoever wants to start, I don't know. <laughs> I would say this is the phase that we started believing that there was more to your health, like truly believing that there was more to your health than just a really good workout every day. Mm -hmm. That nutrition would take you to the next level and recovery would take you to the next level. And like having your goals and having your schedule and routine. Would I don't take think you we were quite ready to preach it. We didn't know how to put it on paper, but we knew it was helping yeah. us. We knew yeah. it was helping us. Exactly. So it was our learning phase of, you know, what we call now the four pillars. We were dabbling into it and meeting all these amazing new people. But as we dabbled into sort of the fitness and like we chatted about before um, with the fit and the lift and um, is, was that really a program or running the programs at the same time great for the community? So like you have two classes running at the mm -hmm. same time, like a division of... 
members, yeah. Members and camaraderie. Camaraderie, and we kind of saw that. Um, so that definitely was a contributing factor into where we wanted to go and what decisions we made in terms of um, the options and our fitness. Did you feel like you guys were doing, like, opening up to these new sort of uh, things like nutrition and recovery? Like, were you doing that on your own, like just the two of you? Or did you also have members kind of also kind of starting to talk about similar things that you guys were already feeling because they were feeling it through right. these this new fitness or, or whatever? Like, right. was it more like you guys were just proactively getting after it because it's like you're getting a sense that this is going to happen yeah. or this needs mm-hmm. to happen? For me, the nutrition and the... Um, the macro work and stuff was definitely like proactive. It wasn't at the time something well, I was like using. Well, like Chad said earlier, it, it was because of, you know, Chad brings it to you. He's part of the community, you know, like mm-hmm. our community was pushing us to do more. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying I was, we, I personally right. and us, we like to test things. Right. And it's yeah. like dabble in, let's see if it works. And then we yeah. would bring it forward instead of just throwing right. it out there. Right. Yeah. But the cool thing that I see from this phase is that uh, all of these resources and everyone we've learned in this phase is now still a part of our community in one way or another, you know, which is really cool because all of it was like our community was telling us we needed something more, Mm -hmm. right? We needed to do more than just fitness. Mm -hmm. We needed to, you know, focus on nutrition and recovery. And of course, we wanted to test it on ourselves first, but yeah. These, you know, Wendy Pauls and Dave and Jen and our therapy team, you know, even Hany, like Canama and you know, probably, but there's just in all the pillars, these people are still a part of the community and have shaped it mm-hmm. to what it is today. So, yeah. Yeah. I think this was sort of the defining section, defining time where we realized that our members results truly didn't just come from the gym and in order for them to live their best life and reach their goals we needed to help them in all of these other areas yeah and we didn't have to be the experts in all these areas right (laughs) we didn't have to be we were just sort of those at this point sort of seeking help yeah, well, I, I, yeah, I think like from like a member, and I could probably speak on a lot of our members. Like, we look to you to help digest the information. Like, mm-hmm. we we are this is that's right part of the role we expect from you, sort of thing. And like, I some members would like to go out and facilitate it themselves, but it, it can be overwhelming. Like, these are just four pillars, and you just don't, you've right. only mentioned four companies, right. but like, it can be overwhelming the nutrition stuff, and like, so I think it's super. I think we appreciate a lot to have experts like you Mm -hmm. take it all in digest it and then sort of facilitate it for a person that's walking to your gym an hour a day well thank you (laughs) (laughs) no that's cool and like i think the key is is before in the past if you would have approached michelle about nutrition the mindset would have been different like no i'm your source for nutrition or adam's your source for fitness uh we're not you know rp is not so it was finally that phase where our mindset was like, wow, like we can, you know, learn so much from the people around us and then give it back to the members and digest it and tell them what works and tell them what works for us. Yeah. And But not only about 
those people that have helped us, but like we dug in and we tried it. Like mm-hmm. we've failed. We've right. Yeah, test the product. Uh, before yeah, you. like it's it, yeah. for me. I don't know. I just need to. It's hard to preach something that you don't. Yeah, for sure. Right. I wouldn't trust you without doing it yourself. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. For sure. So even though we don't do some of these things, it was a cool transition into figuring out what kind of works for us and what what didn't. Cool. And I think the last big thing in the X factor part of this phase is we were at the point where we don't have the excuse that we're a new business anymore. We were, you know, four, five, six years in. And we couldn't just run around like chickens with our head cut off anymore. So Michelle really started pushing us. And I think even from the guidance of the the professionals around us, they started pushing us to create some serious structure, routine, schedule with our business, with our fitness, with our nutrition, with our recovery and like bring it all together. Mm -hmm. So our days became like very regimented, very clockwork, very organized and Mm-hmm. It took a while again to convince I would say me. That this, this yeah, was... two big things: Adam's <laughs> nutrition and Adam's schedule. Right. <laughs> I was adamant that I could not follow a schedule. I own a gym. It's not fair to think that I can follow a schedule. My schedule is just you know, not possible. It's not possible. So <laughs> I wouldn't dare so, be organized or know what no, know what no. I'm doing. So that that's been a work in progress. Too. Yeah. Well, still is. Still is. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't right. block okay whatever <laughs> alright I think we can wrap it up there because I think uh, the conversation naturally will lead to part four which is exciting so thank you all for joining us again and next week we'll have the sort of the, the finale of this sort of series wrapping it up so hopefully you guys enjoy this one and listen in next week thank you thank you thank you